Before we get started, have you gotten my free ebook, Five Powerful Steps to Win Your Morning? Go to the success.life forward slash five powerful steps. This ebook has five powerful strategies you can implement right away to help you have more energy, clarity, and focus, and accomplish more in less time. Go to the success.life forward slash five powerful steps and get your copy today. Welcome to the Intentional Leadership Podcast. This podcast will help you break through the barriers holding you back from the true life of significance you are meant to live. I'm your host, Janelle Bruland, and I invite you to join me each month as I share leadership lessons and specific strategies to transform your leadership, crush your goals, and love your life. As a high-achieving entrepreneur, there was a time when I was overwhelmed doing all of the things and found myself overworked and overcommitted. Through the power of intention, I learned how to shift my mindset and create success habits to achieve a healthy work-life balance and true joy in my life. Now I'm here to help you do the same. Don't just be the CEO of your business, be the CEO of your life. Let's get started. Welcome to the Intentional Leadership Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how to strengthen your communication and not in the way that you may think. You may think of communication and how you want to improve the effectiveness within your leadership team. But today we're going to talk about your strengthening. Wow. Okay. Welcome to the Intentional Leadership Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about communication and how to strengthen it, but not in the way that you may think. You may think of communication and how to improve your effectiveness with your leadership team, but today we're going to talk about communication at home and how to strengthen it with that most important person in your life, your spouse or partner, and especially in times of fear and stress. Oh, that'd be great. I listen really well, but yeah. we do have some friends. Well, we have good communication, I think, most of the time, but we have these friends. Right. Yeah. We have friends that, well, they were... You know, just like most of you, you go and there's one of you that does the bills, one that doesn't, and the visa bill showed up, and there were many, many Nordstrom charges, and caused a little concern why there were so many visa charges, and instantly started causing a communication challenge, and why were there any, you know, how come, and questioning, and right. and these friends really just should have just stopped and asked the question, why? rather than saying and being accusatory, probably. Well, I think the wife had a pretty strong reaction after seeing multiple Nordstrom charges on the Visa card. Yeah. Yeah, which seems understandable, I guess. Well, it depends on what those charges were for. <laughs> oh, what did the friends say they were for? Shirts. Oh, lots and lots of shirts, yes. A few. Yeah, okay, well, th well this is us, if you can't, <laughs> if you can't tell. And this is, I'm sure, common. You've never had any problems or miscommunications with your spouse in the area of money. We know that that can be a hot topic. And for most of us, there's one person in the relationship that typically does the bills and watches the money, and maybe one's a saver and one's a spender. But in, in this situation, we actually were under a time of great stress. Right. We had a, a wedding that was coming up, which was exciting, and we were also planning you know, uh, funeral services for dad. So 
both of those were coming to a head at the same on the same weekend and so a lot of things were going on and 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 we were really just trying to navigate trying to hold everything together as much as anything and and I needed a new shirt and so I was not about to get in the car and go to the store so I went to the went online went to Nordstrom's and just went click 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 and shipped them all and they showed up on the visa card yes they did all of them right all all of them (laughs) (laughs) so we were able to resolve that well I returned them all well, other than the one that you decided to keep, which was all fine. But the problem with it is, as I'm sure you can relate, that oftentimes one of you will have these reactions uh, that maybe you take something that's relatively small and you blow it up pretty big. You don't even take time to think. You can immediately go into an accusatory tone or questioning tone when if you just would have stopped a minute, and thought about it and just asked the question that things would be a lot better. But this really does happen in times of stress. So what what does stress and fear do to us? Well, I think it magnifies a problem. You know, and normally you would have said, what are you doing with these Nordstrom's charges? And I would have said, oh, I needed a new shirt and I didn't want to go to the store, so I'll ship them back later. Instead, it was, you know, under immense stress, you know, it's, you become accusatory. Um, and then you become defensive mm-hmm. and then it starts right. a disagreement. Right. So, and I think that you can have really good communication normally in, in your marriage, but then when you come under difficult times together, when you experience times of deep stress, there's this underlying emotion of fear that, that comes up and fear really does things to your body. It makes you not be able to think clearly. It, it takes away your ability to get a good night's sleep. And then you tend to have a shorter fuse. Right. So that's what, that's what often happens in, in times of fear. And then I think the, the problem that we want to talk about with it is that can compound it is that the way that you deal with fear versus the way your spouse deals with fear and stress can be very, very different, which can just magnify the communication issues. So let's talk about that. Right. Well, I think that, you know, some of us are introverted, some of us are extroverted. And, you know, if you use the Berkman scale, you're, you know, you're, you have the doers and then you have the communicators and they're more outgoing and they're probably going to be pushier, more aggressive in their style. And then down on the other side, you have the the more shy introverted people and they're going to be more analytical they're going to be you know, want to you know just quiet maybe even just disappear close the door and they're they're not going to come out fighting at all so if you have a a spouse if you're in and they're in the opposite corners and one wants to go and hide in the bedroom and you want to duke it out it, it that becomes a problem Right, definitely. And and as we've done this Berkman training, we've had the opportunity to do it with teams, which has been really great to improve communication effectiveness. And then also we've done it with spouses, which has been really interesting because all of us have a natural tendency of stress reactions and what we do under stress. And so how you show up, your typical behavior can drastically change when you're under deep stress. So you can have someone who is typically really outgoing and and free with their emotions, they communicate really well, 
But when they're under stress, they could go just into a hole in the, in the office environment. This could be that somebody who's usually very personable and outgoing is all of a sudden in their office with the door shut. And like you said, at, at home, you could have a spouse who's typically outgoing and ends up just really going inward when something stressful happens and wants to go away to the bedroom, doesn't want to talk about it, like you said. And then another spouse who processes things out loud and wants to really talk through it and gets really frustrated and angry with the other person when they won't talk about it. Right. And if one wants to analyze something to death and the other one wants to just talk about it real quick and move on, you know, that's another miscommunication too. So right. it's, it's hard because some, you know, we're all wired differently and right. that's what's so beautiful, but you know, we also need to figure out how we can find a common ground mm -hmm. and something that can, you know, a place that we can have better communication. Right. And, right. and especially under stress. I think that one of the things that comes to mind under stress is, you know, how do you react if, if you show up and someone's drowning out in the water? You know, do you show up and you're just taking videos? Do you call 911? Do you completely freeze? Or do you take action and go figure out how to save the people? And and do you do that in a manner that's that's not only saving the person, but also just you're, you're safe for yourself? Mm -hmm. And so I think people come, you know, all those things play into it. And in your home, it's the same way. Right. And Different reactions. How do you react to it? Right. So from the examples and the clients that we've worked with, what, what are some other examples that we have of, somebody who has a negative reaction in a, in a fear situation? I think that when, you know, in, in finances is one, uh, in our health, I think we have, there's times when we're fearful for our health and how do we react to that? You know, do we go out and, and, oh, we have a health issue. So therefore who cares? And you go off to, you know, McDonald's and get some ice cream and, and then you finish it off with, you know, whatever at night and, or do you go, wow, I have a health issue. I'm going to go figure this out mm -hmm. and I'm going to try and, and process that. And, and, you know, those are two ways of, you know, working through fear. Right. And, or, or Google or Googling oh, yeah. when, when you have a health concern, you're waiting for results or something like that. I mean, that, that is not your friend going and searching <laughs> on the internet for what could this problem be? And, and going into really deep worry right. over it. So yeah. that, that can also be a response. We were talking with a group of folks last night where we um, were talking about that mindset of fear, which then is one that's worrying, that's ruminating. So that's, a, that's another mm -hmm. um, response. Anxiety. That one could have. Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of anxious people out there. Right. And, you know, that's another way that this fear can manifest mm -hmm. and you're anxious. And so it's just little things start to bother you. Right. Another is, is apathy and getting apathetic when you feel like, I mean, sometimes, I mean, we, when we've had this happen to us where you feel like you've got hit with something and then you're hit with something again, and then you're hit with something again, that you're, you get in this place where you just want to give up. And it's like, well, why bother? I mean, it's just, I'm <laughs> kind of waiting for that next shoe to fall and you get you get apathetic about it so i think that's mm -hmm. another another response right so we've talked about um we're talking about the big problem of fear and how it can really be harmful in relationships 
and especially compounded because we deal with it in different ways. So everybody has a different personality. Everybody has a different response that they're going to have. And the deeper the stress, the deeper the fear, uh, it, it's going to only cause more problems, essentially, with communications. So, so what do you do? What do you do then to improve communications with your, the most important people in your life when you're under stress? So let's, let's talk about that. And I, I think the first thing that we were just, we were listing some things of how people react is what is your reaction? I think really being aware of and understanding how do you react to deep stress? What's that trigger and what do you typically do? Right. I think that it, you, you can't open, you know, start the communication line if you don't understand where you're starting from. Yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you need to know where you are and are you prone to vanish or are you prone to come out swinging, you know, mm -hmm. and arguing and, or somewhere in the middle. And so if you can find out and determine specifically how you handle stress and how you handle the fear and in those situations, you can then stop, take a breath and move forward and hopefully be more effective. Right. And then that's certainly the negative reactions, understanding how do you negatively respond to stress when you're activated? What happens? What do you typically do? Are you isolating yourself? Are you, are you feeling like you um, do, do some destructive habits like um, either drinking or overeating? Uh, do you find that you ignore the problem and you just get yourself by getting yourself really, really busy? What are those things that, that you're doing negatively? And then the other piece is what are you doing already maybe that are positive reactions? What are some healthy things that you naturally do? Maybe this is something that you've worked on already and you have some positive coping mechanisms to stress in your life. Do you have some examples for us there? Positive coping mechanisms when you're under stress? The first thing that comes to mind is exercise. Yeah. Anyway. Getting outside would be another one, and exercising outside would be a double bonus, I guess. <laughs> True. So, you know, going for a run or a hike or a walk in the woods, yeah, or on the water. Right. So, I like, think taking yourself out of a situation, a timeout, hmm. could be when you look at your own reaction. Maybe you've learned that you can get into an argument when you want to try to communicate something out when you're really hot is not a good time to do that. And maybe you've learned that you can step out of the situation and just say, I need to take a break. And that you purposefully do that when you're under stress. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. What else? Positive reactions that we do. Yeah, I think that um, you know, maybe just journaling. Mm, that's a good one. Right. Getting thoughts, those Just thoughts. Get them out, you know, write that angry letter that you want to say out loud and then shred it. Mm -hmm. Right. Now that's, that's good. Or the email now. I right. guess no one writes a letter, do they? Oh, absolutely. They do. <laughs> <laughs> I have my journal. Right Don't in front send of the me. text. Yeah. Right. And wrote, yeah. wrote some notes here. Yeah. So that definitely we do. I think those things that are nurturing that you probably do um, already, maybe, you go and get a massage when you're under stress. Maybe you go sit in a in an infrared sauna, which I know is something that that we both do and enjoy. Maybe it's a yoga class. Eating. 
baking, cooking. Sure. You know, you can kind of just relax and be creative. Yeah. Getting yourself to bed, putting yourself to bed, getting a good night's sleep. Yeah. Good too. So then what do we need to do next? Once we look at what are our own reactions, both negative and positive, how are we wired? Then what's, what do you do to improve communications then with your spouse? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that if you're, you know, we, we talk about your stress behavior is not your best behavior. Oh, right? that's a great way to put it. It's stress yeah. behavior, not your best behavior. And so <laughs> I, I think that if you take that and remind, I mean, when you say that over and over again, when you're coming, okay, my stress behavior, oh yeah, I need to. And, you know, it's a trigger mm-hmm. to try and do something different right. or act differently. Right. Yeah, naming it, I think, is really good. Mm -hmm. So I I like the journal aspect. I think any time that you take something from your head and you put it on paper can be really helpful. So spending some time on your own first before connecting with your spouse of really identifying what is it that you usually do? What is your typical stress response? And, And even better, think of some situations, look back at the last week, at the last month, at the last year, and what are some situations where you've had a communication breakdown in your home? And how did you contribute to that? Under a time of stress, what was your reaction that maybe wasn't the healthiest? And then what are those things or those those healthier responses that you can take instead so taking an actual situation and and analyzing it and saying, this is what I did, probably not that best response. This is what I could do instead. Mm-hmm. And start with a, you know, rather than being accusatory, start with a, well, this is what I understand, or I feel this way, or, you know, some other, you know, kind of way of making sure that you're not starting off with a, you know, firing, you know, you're kind of setting them. Yeah. Setting them back a little bit. Right. And the next part, obviously, is then you come together as a team and really talk about this issue of how do you communicate more effectively under stress and actually having the conversation together. I think so many of us, when we're under deep times of stress, when there's a lot of fear and anxiety within that it's, it's hard to really communicate about that effectively and yet so vital to improve the relationship. Mm-hmm. So asking each other questions of looking at situations where you've had a meltdown and how, how am I reacting under stress? And can you share some things with me and I'll share some things with you and just be willing and open to have that conversation in a respectful and loving way. I think it needs to be set up so that it's not just um, potentially at a time of stress where you're bringing up that. And I want to talk about this right now when your spouse is maybe in the middle of a project or um, a heavy deadline, something like that, but perhaps you pick a time. Right. And don't do it in front of the kids. You'll right. find a place that's separate in a way. Mm-hmm. So... You know, the dinner table's maybe not the best place right. to have that discussion. Sure. What else? Well, I think just piggybacking on what you said, I think setting up a time where you can get together and actually talk about your relationship. How often are you checking in on the relationship and checking in on that communication because it's so vital 
And under times of stress, you tend to be so wrapped up in those stress reactions that you're not doing it. So setting a time where you are going to check in with each other. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's you go out on that date night, but you actually have the purpose of it to maybe have a nice meal together and then to have a conversation about we want to improve our communication. We want to make sure our marriage stays strong, even in this time of uncertainty, in this time of fear. And we certainly are facing that mm -hmm. in today's world. Or you may be facing it in your family. There could be something really difficult going on or something difficult going on in your work and you really need that person. So setting that time and then asking some questions. Right. I think that you know, we all have the, the work, the finance, the health, you know, the family issues. And if we don't have someone we can confide in, especially if it's our spouse, right. then it's, then it just, it, it'll be a bigger problem later. Mm -hmm. And so setting a time and just by setting the time and going out on date night will, will, will help. Oh, definitely. So definitely. you don't even have to do much more than that. Right. So we have some examples of some questions that you can ask as a regular check-in. And one of them is just the, how are you doing? Really? You know, we say, how are you, how are you doing all the time? It's almost like a greeting. Fair to middling. <laughs> but to really be getting deeper in that question and sharing things from the week, what's What's been going well for you? What, what's been a stressor for you? And giving your spouse the opportunity to talk about it. So actually having that check-in where you ask the question of how they're doing and then really be wanting the answer and to be able to be attentive and listening to that answer. I mean, that's a, a great way to start improving the strength of that communication is when your spouse really feels heard, when you put your electronics and your other things aside and you set specific one-on-one -on -one time to be really present. Yeah. I had a teacher that if you walked by and, hey, how you doing? Because he would say terrible. Oh, wow. Because he knew you weren't listening and you were on your way to your class. Oh, no. And it was his way of saying, okay, um, so... You know, it only took once to realize that, you know, either you answered him correctly mm -hmm. and you stop and you took some time to engage him, oh, not just great. blow by him. Right. And, and his answers were always different, but it was something along the lines of, you know, that was the first, that was the one I got was terrible. So, <laughs> and you stopped. But, uh, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, good. I stopped. But as, as a kid, you don't, I mean, as a high yeah. schooler, most of them just was terrible. Don't even think I'm about done. it. Goodbye. Right. right. Um, but that was his way of trying to let people know that you're supposed to slow down and actually listen to what they have to say. Mm -hmm. And so he would come up with all sorts of funny, funny answers. Yeah. Yeah. And when we were in a group last night, one of the, actually a couple of the spouses says that what's the knee jerk reaction when your spouse just starts pouring out some problems to you? When you're finally, your spouse is listening, you pour out problems. What is the knee jerk response? Do you remember? I don't remember. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so to fix it. I wasn't it. listening, apparently. Yeah, apparently. It was to fix it. So, oh, and especially right, the right. guys in the relationship. And I was definitely, I'm a fixer myself. And, but that was the knee jerk reaction, right. which is very often not what your spouse needs. They don't need you to fix it. Right. And I think you need to ask. When it's when you're on that side, say, "Hey, look, I just need to share this. I don't need you to fix it. Mm. I want you to listen, but I don't need your help." Right. And and that way, the, you you know, 
especially for those that if you know your spouse is the fixer, fixer, you better set the stage prior to. Uh, Otherwise, you're going to get a lot of help that you may not want. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And then I think after you you check in and you say, how are you doing? I think a really good thing to ask rather than just trying to jump in and fix it is just say, what do you need? How can I support you? Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good question because then it the your partner may say well i actually would like you to help me with this you know there there may be the situation where they do want your help or they may just say that listening was just really what was needed but i think asking that question is is important as well how can how can i support you in this how can i pray for you in this situation right and as the listening spouse you also need to to just you know let them vent, but keep it at venting and, and not go into, you know, carry it further, not, you know, complaining or gossip or whatever. I think that, you know, you, you can be that bumper for them too. You can listen and let them get it out and then, okay, that's great. You got it out and cut them off Mm -hmm. if it, if it starts to go too far. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's how we can be accountability partners to each other. So in this process of wanting to strengthen communication, having those 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 regular check-ins with each other, asking how they're really doing, and then listening, asking what they need and how you can support. Right. And, and to go even deeper, it's what can I do to improve communication with you? What, what do you need that I haven't been giving? I mean, having the boldness of, asking that question of how how can how can i improve communication mm-hmm. that's so. good do we have a list today for people of course i think we have a leader's guide that's attached mm-hmm. to this that we always have and this is an opportunity for you to be able to download a free exercise that you can actually take some time to do yourself and look at what your own reactions are under stress what your own communication responses are and then take this as a couple's exercise. This is something that you can do when you go out on that that date night together where you want to talk about this important subject of communication and how to strengthen it in times of fear. Romance of communication. <laughs> it's all all good things. Yeah. No, I think that if you you should do it independently and then come together mm-hmm. probably on the date night and that would help. Right. So if you download it, um, and share in the comments. Tell us what works for you, what doesn't work, uh, what what are your triggers? And you know, for me, a, a trigger is respect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody has a different trigger, and sometimes you don't know your triggers, so it's, right. it's good for you to write that down and figure out what those might be as well. So, right. put that in the chat. Let us know what it is. So, to finish up, how do these things that we've talked about today? How does your communication improve? when you make these changes Mm. you mean just generally or yeah what do you what do you notice in your marriage so what are you going to see what's going to be different when you follow these things well you're going to laugh more i think you're going to be more at ease with each other yeah and you're going to feel heard and accepted and respected and loved and having fun all of those things and fun and fun that's important too (laughs) making sure that there's time for that. So whatever you have been going through, whether as you've listened today, you thought, oh, my communication is is really good, 
and just needs to be in and can be even better. I mean, all of us can have improvement in our communication. Or you may be listening and thinking, I just don't have a good relationship at all right now. Our communication is is really poor. Then don't just listen to this. Take the courage to to get some help. There's just some wonderful counselors, marriage therapists out there that can help you walk through these things. So you're not alone and make sure that you're reaching out and getting the support and help that you need. And we hope that these tips on communication have helped today. Yeah, go brush up your communication and uh, soften the blades when you're fighting. (laughs) Have a great day. Thank you for joining me today on the Intentional Leadership Podcast, where you will learn how to transform your leadership, crush your goals, and love your life. Each episode, I will teach you something to take your life and leadership to the next level. Then at the end, I will challenge you to take action on what you have learned. If you're enjoying this podcast, will you please take a moment to leave a positive review? This helps get the message out to impact as many people as possible. And please subscribe to this podcast. That way the episodes will drop each time a new one comes out. Remember, when you grow as a leader, your team will grow and your company will grow. You can transform your leadership, crush your goals, and love your life. Hello, my friend. Welcome to the Intentional Leadership Podcast. This podcast will help you break through the barriers holding you back from the true life of significance you are meant to live. I'm your host, Janelle Ruland, and I invite you to join me each month as I share leadership lessons and specific strategies to transform your leadership, crush your goals, and love your life. As a high-achieving entrepreneur, there was a time when I was overwhelmed doing all the things, and I found myself overworked and overcommitted. Through the power of intention, I learned how to shift my mindset and create success habits to achieve a healthy work-life balance and true joy in my life. Now I am here to help you do the same. Don't just be the CEO of your business, be the CEO of your life. Let's get started. Thank you for joining the Intentional Leadership Podcast. Each episode, I teach you to take something in your life and leadership to the next level. Then at the end, I will challenge you to take action on what you have learned. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take a moment to leave a positive review. This helps get the message out to impact as many people as possible. And I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way the episodes will drop each time a new one comes out. Remember, when you grow as a leader, your team will grow and your company will grow. You can transform your leadership, crush your goals, and love your life.